is a very special episode yeah. of Book Squad Goals. Why? Not because of the subject that we're speaking <laughs> of particularly, but because it is Mary's birthday on the day that we are recording this. Happy yeah. birthday, Mary! Thank you! Happy birthday, Mary! Thanks Thank for you. spending your birthday with us. Yeah, of course. I mean, I know we're like basically quarantined, so there's not like much else you can do. I mean, but this still, is kind of like a birthday party. You had a choice party. and you chose us. Yes, I have a glass of wine for you, so. Yeah. To Mary. I have a frozen beverage that I got <laughs> when I was at my birthday celebration in the park and. They were walking around selling drinks out of a cooler, and I was like, sure, I'll get one. Yeah. And it is the strongest drink <laughs> wow. that I have ever bought from a stranger in a park, and so I still have a lot of it left. Uh, wow, so that's, a, that's an intense nice. um, setup you've got there. I have a ginger ale, which is <laughs> nice. not my usual play, but... I like ginger ale, though. <laughs> Mary, what are you drinking since we're talking um, about our drinks? Water. <laughs> I legit just have my <laughs> water bottle here. That's what a it. great birthday. The ultimate birthday, birthday but, but, treat. But today at school, our principal and our assistant principal brought us lemonade and cookies as a treat for one month Aww. of school. So that was fun. Aww. So I had lemonade. They were like, we know that you're putting you in danger day in and day out, but here's some lemonade and some cookies. Nah, I mean, it was more like, thank you for being so flexible and teaching in multiple formats every day. Yeah. And also sorry about endangering you. It was, I mean, look, it's the state that wants us to go back so bad. When you said a month, I was like, that seems... Wrong. Like it seems like you no. just started, but also that's how every time someone says week five time this year, I'm like, huh? You're in week five. That, I'm amazed that, that, that how long ago? and I guess happy for you that your school is still open after. Yeah, I mean we've honestly yeah. been terrible. We've been doing really well and all the students are, you know, pretty much wearing their masks correctly and you know, behaving. So it's been pretty good. Um cool. I did today, on top of that treat, got an ice cream cake, and Emily brought me cupcakes. So I'm probably just wow. going to, like, wallow in dessert Drowning after this. You should. Sounds really good, actually. I am jealous, too. Um, I also had pho. Mm. I made ramen, wow. like, fancy ramen. Mm. For myself and for Ben. Ben got some too. Anyway, after soup. after that fascinating conversation that we just Wait, had. Wait, so about Susan and I aren't going to say what we had for dinner? Because. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one cares, I guess. It's not our birthday. No, go ahead. So go fine. ahead. <laughs> well, I had leftover empanadas. Oh. Okay, there you go. Yum. Okay, um, I had a HelloFresh meal that was a broccoli and pepper. Stir fry. Mm. Mm. Mine, mine was also meal. a meal kit. It wasn't HelloFresh, but it was a meal kit meal. So that's, that's basically all I where, like, now. If I didn't make it today, it would poison me tomorrow. <laughs> so yes. to, yeah, we had no choice. <laughs> yeah, one more minute, it yeah. would have expired. Yeah, I'm like, we're already kind of pushing it, but <laughs> let's just. The new box was arriving, and you can't have, you know, a fridge full yeah, of the old box. Yeah, you can't have overlap. No. Mm-mm. 
They can't, they can't ever meet. That. Um, okay, so we're talking about dinner for no good reason at all because it has nothing to do. Well, actually, there is a, is dinner, a dinner scene yeah. in this. That's yeah, what I mean. Sort of. Yeah. So, yes, I'm going to pretend let's just kick that back. We're talking about dinner because there's a very significant dinner scene in the movie <laughs> that we're talking about today. So that was all planned. Um, and the movie we're talking about today is I'm Thinking of Ending, Thing, Ending Things, directed by Charlie Kaufman, starring uh, Jesse Plemons, Jesse, what's the other one's name? Buckley. <laughs> Jesse Buckley, uh, Tony Collette, David Thewlis, and an old creepy janitor who doesn't have an actor name. He probably does. <laughs> an actor does probably sense. Jesse. He's just not famous. So Jesse, yeah, his name's probably Jesse too. Um, starring Jesse. This is just Jesse in this movie. Um, you can see, you can tell I'm really prepared for this. I really, you know, put some stuff together. Um, <clears throat> this movie is really difficult to discuss at all without spoiling. So, I'm just going to go ahead and say at the top, spoiler warning, right now, from here on out. So, if you haven't seen this movie and you plan on seeing it, um, just maybe wait and come back. And also, if you haven't read the book and you plan on reading the book, we're going to be spoiling that, too, because the movie is based on the book. So. Yes. Based on the book. <laughs> anyway, before we get into that, I do have an intro question that isn't what you had for dinner. Though I guess that could have just been my intro question, and it would have been fine. <laughs> but my real intro question is, um, if you made up a person to take home and introduce to your family, what parts of pop culture and other things you love would come together to make up his or her personality? And for the love of God, I'm just going to say this right now. Do not say, I would make up the person who's exactly like the person I'm with right now, because I'll kill you. That's not what the prompt is. <laughs> Please so y'all, follow the y'all happy, happily. Well, don't worry about me. I can't people. do that. So Hap- I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're not on warning, Kelly. You're fine. I'm talking about these happily married people in here. Don't mess with me right now. It didn't even right. occur to me to answer the question that way because I, I, if I was trying to even <laughs> describe like him in pop culture references, I don't know that I could do that. <laughs> That's like a harder question. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'll say this person that I would make up to bring home. Um, I would want them to, to speak exclusively in lyrics of like eighties synth new wave songs Mm. where it just makes Mm. not a lot of sense on its own. But if you jumble a bunch of them together, it might be like, this guy is so fucking smart and (laughs) he's just ahead of his time somehow. And I would want him to look that way also like an 80s synth rocker guy. yeah like maybe some flock of seagulls hair do you want to take keith ranieri home what's his name oh my Next god keith guy? ranieri because he kind uh, of just like says random stuff that makes zero sense yeah and, and like, people oh are gosh, like they so do smart. the thing i just said they're like he's the smartest person i've ever come across i just can't believe he exists yeah. it's crazy so that's that's how I'd want people to react to the nonsense of synth pop lyrics. That's it. That's and, my only uh, pop that culture was, thing. That was Susan. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Susan, I'm very I'm surprised so that you didn't mention Weekend at Bernie's yeah. at all. <laughs> what a missed opportunity. 
Hey, I might be saving it for something later in the episode. You really never know. Never know. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, what if I brought home a, a puppet person like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would have a blue windbreaker and just be limp. <laughs> yeah. This is Mary. I guess if I was going to bring home someone to meet my parents, I would want them to like this person. I would want my parents to like them. So I think I would like them to be really into comic books because my dad's really into comic books. So then my dad could talk mm. with them. You know, like, and I like comic books too. So that would be definitely a key component. Maybe someone who likes, um, who like, this isn't weird enough for the movie. None of this stuff is weird enough. This is just your, this is your world. You do what you want. If you're not weird, you don't have to be weird. I didn't consider my parents would like this person. I just wanted them to feel confused. If I really wanted somebody confused, I would <laughs> like just I say did. someone who only talks about true crime. <laughs> and my family would just get super freaked out. Yeah, so someone who loves comic books and only talks about true crime. <laughs> they would be perplexed. Hey. Um, This is Kelly. I think... I would just have my person be, like, an amalgam of, like, all of the characters that I have been in love with over the years. Like, all of my crushes from books. Um, you know, gotta get a little bit of, like, serious black in there. Gotta get a little... As much as I hate to mention Harry Potter at this time. Um, gotta... <laughs> in this in this economy. Yes. <laughs> in this climate. Um, I don't know. Like, Poe Dameron... Like pop culture crushes, Mr. Boop, yeah. pop culture hobbies, <laughs> Mr. Boop, um, Betty Boop, also both of them. <laughs> the centipede from James and the Giant Peach—that's a—he was a favorite of mine. Caterpillar growing up. Yeah, he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> um, and also like sidebar on that, I recently rewatched James and the Giant Peach and. Uh, David Thewlis voices the earthworm in that movie, and he his accent is exactly the way that it is in this movie as the earthworm, <laughs> and so I just kept picturing the earthworm. Um, <laughs> That's you know that just really adds like, another um, level of um, surrealness to this movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um. Like, I don't know, probably, like, Lucy Lou from Charlie's Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where she's, like, leather mommy. And do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I am, I'm familiar with Charlie's Angels. You're familiar? Very, very familiar. Um, but what about Lucy Lou from Kill Bill? Also, also that. Also Uma Thurman from Kill Bill. Mm, yeah. Uh, also Kate Blanchett in every movie. And especially uh, bandits. That's just personal. <laughs> um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in Grease 2, the worst movie ever, except for how hot she is. <laughs> oh, the list goes on and on. But anyway, <laughs> I think I would just be I'm I'm mostly fixated on like the personalities and appearances of like the hot characters of my youth. So 
I think that would be my, what my person would be just made up of all those things. Mm. This is Emily. Um, so my person would have to be really into musicals because that is something that me and my current partner struggle with (laughs) because he keeps telling me he doesn't like musicals and I keep saying like, well, you gotta. So are you sure that out? What about this one? What about this one? I'm going to keep trying. How about this one? So, um, I feel like there would be a lot of, um, musical, um, dance numbers, um, in our interactions, a lot of singing, a lot of duets, um, a lot of, um, storytelling, a dream ballet. Yes. Maybe a dream ballet at the end before we die. Um, a lot of storytelling through dance and music. Definitely lots of references to Moulin Rouge whenever we were trying to be romantic with each other. Not, and I don't mean that as like be romantic with each other, like have sex. I mean like actually like try to be romantic. Yes. Like it would just be like, rather than like being original, like romantic thoughts, it would just be like lines from Moulin Rouge. Um, so lots of musical things. Um, and yeah, we would probably just like own every single cat from pop culture that I've ever loved throughout Luna. time. Artemis. Luna definitely would be there. Luna and Artemis. Jonesy. Jonesy would be there for sure. Like, yeah, every pop culture cat would just be in our house. And it would be one of those things where, you know how like, in the movie, like the things keep changing. It wouldn't be like we have a house full of cats. It's just every time you see the cat, it would be like a different, it's a different cat, pop culture cat. <laughs> so, um, musicals, cats, cat from breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. Cat from breakfast at Tiffany's. Lots of orange cats. Cause there's just lots of orange cats in movies. Orange um, cats in the movies. What about Moo? Yeah. Moo is an orange cat. Moo can come. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think, yeah. And we would definitely um, end our time together in a dance that would symbolize our, our death, probably in some kind of way. So yeah. So that is, that's the movie, everybody. (laughs) Um, It's been great talking. Did you love it? (laughs) Um, So glad we did this episode. Cue exit music. If you are confused, like, what the hell are they talking about? Um, that is kind of how the experience of watching this movie can feel. <laughs> We're going to get to the bottom of why that is and what's going on. We're going to answer all of your questions about this movie. We don't even know what those questions are, but we're going to answer them. Um, so I thought because, you know, this movie is a little weird. We're going to do something different. Rather than reading the summary of the movie, I'm going to read the Goodreads summary of the book because I would like to discuss how well we feel like this sort of like idea transferred to the adaptation of the movie. Um, Since we haven't all read the book, this might still give everyone sort of an idea of like what the book is like feeling wise. Um, so I'm thinking of any things was, um, Ian Reed's debut novel, 
Um, I think he's since written other things, but this is the only thing of his I've read. This is the Goodreads summary. Um, you will be scared, but you won't know why. I'm thinking of any things. Once this thought arrives, it stays. It sticks. It lingers. It's always there. Always. Jake once said, sometimes a thought is closer to truth, to reality, than an action. You can say anything. You can do anything. But you can't fake a thought. And here's what I'm thinking. I don't want to be here. In this deeply suspenseful and irresistibly unnerving debut novel, a man and his girlfriend are on their way to a scheduled, or scheduled, secluded farm. Y'all, I cannot read. (laughs) A scheduled farm. When the two take an unexpected detour, she is left stranded in a deserted high school. This was not scheduled. It was a detour. Wondering if there is any escape at all. What follows is a twisted unraveling that will haunt you long after the last page is turned. In this smart, suspenseful, and intense literary thriller, debut novelist Ian Reid explores the depths of the human psyche, questioning consciousness, free will, the value of relationships, fear, and the limitations of solitude. Reminiscent of Jose Saramango's early work, Michelle Faber's cult classic Under the Skin, which I have also read, Lionel Shriver's We Need to Talk About Kevin, which I started reading and never finished. I love that book. I heard was really depressing. I need to read it. I didn't stop reading it because it was bad. I've I was seen just the gave it five stars. Anyway, um, I'm Thinking of Many Things as an edgy, haunting debut, tense, gripping, and atmospheric. This novel pulls you in from the very first page and never lets you go. Um, I think if we really want to capture the feeling of the book and the movie, we should just periodically interject um, – Throughout the episode, like, I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. So just be ready for me to do that. Okay. Uh, good, okay. Good. While you guys that's, are you can, you And I'll be like, what? Person. Did you that's say good. something? What? <laughs> no, what? No, that's so weird. I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. I thought you said something. Read me a poem. Um, so <laughs> for those of you who have read the book, or for those of you who haven't, how do we feel like this sort of concept translated to film does this seem like an accurate description of the movie no (laughs) okay no i don't think it is i it seems like the book is much more reliant on mystery yes sort of like a suspenseful like because throughout the movie or throughout the movie but i guess also throughout the book the young woman the protagonist is like getting these phone calls from herself and it's i mean i I haven't read the book i'll just out myself now as someone who hasn't read the book but it's creepy like it's kind of creepy in the movie but not really but i think if that had been happening all throughout the book i would be like "Ooh, i'm really unsettled by this what's going on like it would have helped make it seem a little bit more mysterious. In the movie, it truly just felt like a Charlie Kaufman joint to me. Yeah. I think on the subject of the phone calls, in the book, like, you ca- you start out knowing, like, when she gets this voicemail, she's been getting this same voicemail over and over again since yes. before the book started. And so there's something extra creepy about that because her phone rings and she sees that it's her calling and she's like, oh, this again. Whereas in the movie, you don't really get the sense that she knows that this 
is going on or has been going on. It's just kind of a weird thing that happens. I think the the difference between the book and the movie is that in the book, we have a lot more of a sense of these weird things that have been happening to her before this trip has occurred. Yes. Like, in the movie, you don't really get a sense of her past at all or mm-hmm. anything. The book goes into, like, moments from her childhood, yeah. things that she experienced recently, um, memories between the two of them, between her and Jake, you know, when they were together, just different things that kind of make you feel more like she's a person. Um, yeah. So that was different. Um, but, I mean, I think that, that the... It does describe – I mean, to me, I think that – I I don't know how else you could have really done right. this book as a – like, I, I, I see why Kaufman did the things that he did. I think that, mm-hmm. like, it, it really takes the most direct sort of diversion towards the end. But throughout, I understand why, and I understand, like – because also – there's in the book these sequences that occur as like separate chapters that are just dialogue between two people who are talking about some like there's been an item in the news or like one of them works at the school i guess or something mm-hmm. and someone has like killed himself at the school and so these two people are just like talking about it and um you don't know who these people are or anything but it's just like they're like, oh, yeah, it was so weird that that happened. Crazy. They said that he blah, blah, blah. And, like, the book sort of leads you into this misdirect where you think maybe it's Jake's brother that is this janitor mm-hmm. or is this person later who's what – because you get, like, Jake sort of brings up his brother when they're at the house and tell – and uh, the character – the girl character – she doesn't even have a name in the book, does she? I don't think so. But I listen to it, and so sometimes when I listen to things, I don't pick up people's names as much. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think she. I don't think she does have a name though. But she. Yeah. Um. And and I liked what the, what Kaufman did in the movie where her name kept changing. Um, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny, but uh, in the book she overhears his parents having an argument, and they're talking about some someone you know, oh, he lost his job at the lab or whatever, and she thinks they're talking about Jake, and then she asks Jake later, you know, about who's this person I saw in a photo in your bedroom, and he's like, oh, that's my brother, and she's like, you have a brother? I didn't know you had a brother. You never mentioned him, and he's like, oh, well, we're not really in touch. He's kind of crazy, he kind of, and so you sort of start to think, oh, his parents were talking about his brother. His brother is kind of mentally ill and had uh had to stop at stop working at his job because he couldn't handle the social situations of being with people mm-hmm. and then you start to think that then they get to the school and the janitor is there and you think that the janitor is maybe his brother and maybe his brother is stalking them and you're not really sure like maybe his brother is the one leaving the messages it kind of leads you to think that that might be what's going on and then yeah. obviously it, he doesn't have a brother and that's not what's going on <laughs> but um, that was, like, completely removed from the movie, so there wasn't any kind of... The movie doesn't ever want you to think that things are normal. Yeah. I think... That maybe there's the, a real explanation. The one thing that they did to kind of, like, parallel that in the movie is, like, we do keep cutting to, like, the janitor... Like, the janitor's life and, like, what the janitor yeah. is doing. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is not really something that we got in the book. Right. Um, so I guess that's like, there are, there are definite decisions made about like, this is how they did it in the book. So this is what we're going to do in the movie instead. You know? Yeah. I think probably the cutting to the janitor was their way of doing that conversation between the two yeah, people. Who right. Were, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like pretty early on weird stuff starts happening and then it just totally gets so strange that there is no way that it can be explained by anything normal where where in the book it's sort of like this sense of the uncanny that is Mm -hmm. like maybe it's not weird maybe this is normal i think that's harder to do in a movie though is like to make something maybe weird and maybe not because you're seeing it in front of you and so that was something i was thinking a lot about when i was watching this is like um you kind of have to commit to like it making sense or it not making sense because in the book we're in her head. And so things can be more easily explained away as like, well, maybe she's just misperceiving, but when you're the person perceiving it, it becomes a little less, I don't know, like hazy. Yeah. I think like the one little nod they have to sort of like explaining away the weirdness is like he's like, well, you had a lot to drink at dinner. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like, I guess could. I hallucinated you like your mom dying in a in a yeah, hospital because bed in your alcohol house. does that. Weird yeah, thing so like, she had a lot of was- wine. Wine did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had a lot of wine at dinner before, and that's not what went down. So. Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of funny because. Right? Yeah. Right. At first, when you, the first time you realize that the parents are like suddenly older, like she's in Jake's bedroom and you yeah. see David Thewlis, and I'm like, well, he's looking rough. Did he look like that earlier in the <laughs> That's, movie? Like, I literally said that. I turned to Ben and I was like, is he older? <laughs> uh, I, I did the exact same thing. And <laughs> I was like, that's the same guy, right? And, and I was like, am yeah. I supposed to be, does, did he look like that earlier? Right. like no he's like he's you older can tell now. when it's like, tony okay. colette okay because we know what she looks like where we look at her all the time we're super fami- super familiar with how she looks but i don't see david through this that often so i was like maybe he just looks really old well, and we it's like dimly lit of tony colette like when they were yeah. first when she first met him on the stairs and like when they're in the even at the dinner table like he, he's never like super well lit and yeah. so when when he shows up well lit looking way older, I was like Old. Oh, was this yeah. my eyes or <laughs> Yeah, I had the same the same reaction. So I, I guess that's how we were supposed to react. Um and yeah. then it becomes more and more obvious that oh no, they're definitely like aging and then like getting younger again and Yeah. And then her yeah. clothes are changing right. and her yeah. hair's up, her hair's down, her hair like so it, when when he's okay, so I'm I'm someone who hasn't read the book also. So mm-hmm. for me, like without those cuts to the janitor, it would have been like mind bendingly difficult to figure out who yeah. that yeah. was because we keep seeing him and like and because Jake like talks about some facts that you would really only know if you worked in a school. Then I I put together yeah. that that's who that was, but 
Like, everything else after that still didn't make sense to me. So, like, up until the point where things were just going weird for (laughs) whatever her name is, and he says you had a lot of wine at dinner, (laughs) I'm like, this guy's going to kill her. Like, (laughs) 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 and it's almost like there's a time when she thinks that, too. Like, when they're heading toward the school, she's like, this road goes to a school. Why? How mm-hmm, could yeah. anything fit down this We've road? We've been There's on no this way. road for a long time. Yeah, and he's like, you know, it just seems long to you. And I'm like, okay, he has been fucking with her head this whole time. It's his fault. No, that's nothing. That That's not at all what happens. <laughs> so. So yeah. that kind of leads into the next question, because I think it might be helpful to just talk about, like, what is actually happening in the story to kind of just, like, get that out of the way. And then we can look more at um, how the movie does or doesn't get that across. Um, so maybe we can help each other out with this. Um, so basically what happens, we should also say like, if we do reference the book, as far as like what's happening in the story, the book and the movie end slightly differently. Um, but in both, the basic idea is that this character that we've been following the whole time, who is the main character, um, who is the, the woman, um, is actually a, uh, sort of like amalgamation of like all of these ideas that Jake has. Um, and she's sort of like a, a I don't want to say like a dream woman because it's not like she's like perfect. Um, and yeah, that's what I kind of say, Jess, but, um, <laughs> she is like, this is someone that's like, he's imagining. Yeah. Um, but the story is sort of being told from her point of view. And then when we get to the end at the school, depending on if you're reading the book or watching the movie, that's where things kind of go differently. But essentially, the janitor, who is Jake, um, kills himself. And so that's sort of like what is real. Does anyone want to add anything to that? Well, I would like to add, I would just like to say that in the book, and I hate to keep being like, well, in the book. Well, I think we're going to have to a little bit with this. You know, like, I think... (laughs) The the book does kind of change the way that you watch the movie. So I think, like, that, that's yeah. going to happen. But anyway, go ahead. Well, so in the book, you you are not confused about yeah. what ends up happening. Like, it ends, and it kind of ends in that way of, here's our the last chapter kind of explaining what is going on, you yeah. know? And it's not, it's not quite as annoying as like it sometimes can be when you get to the end of a book and it's like oh here's the explanation uh this is totally breaking from right what the book was like before you know it's it basically it changed it switches perspectives so the whole time you're it's a first person perspective from this girl her her point of view in her head and then at a certain point and i was listening to the audiobook yeah and at a certain point the perspective shifts, and in the audiobook, they they switch to a male narrator all of a sudden, um, which I which is pretty interesting too. The way that they did it, because 
uh, there's this part, and I can't remember what the sentence is, that repeats, like, 40 times. It's, like, some thought that she's having, and she's, like, realizing as she's she's hiding in this, like, storage closet in the high school because she went in to try to find Jake, just, like, in the movie, and this janitor is there, and she's freaked out, and she's hiding, and she, she's, like, basically just her mind is, like, going, like, off the wall, and she starts repeating this sentence over and over, and then in the audiobook, they kind of, like, overlap the male narrator's voice onto her voice, Ooh. and it keeps going until it, like, fully forms into his voice, mm. and then he continues um, the narration, and <laughs> while I was driving, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, uh, is this hour seven of my drive, or am I uh, <laughs> losing my mind? But um, anyway, uh, it's pretty straightforward. It says he killed himself, and then it has, like, a final chapter between the two people who have been talking this whole time, and they're like, oh, yeah, he left a note. It's, like, not really a note, though. It's, like, a whole book thing, and it's, like, uh. kind of – it's, like, you know, it's a story, sort of, and then they're, like, oh, well, can I read it? And then the person's, like, yeah, you can read it, but you should probably sit down first, and that's, like, how it ends. But it's, like, you get the impression that he wrote yeah. this whole book from her perspective, and mm -hmm. that is what his suicide note I was. I just like was just that like, so much more. <laughs> it's it's and the thing is like I my thing like after I finished the book I kind of felt like annoyed that it was this gimmick of like it was him the whole time right. and also he wrote the book that you read like that is a thing that happens that I'm just like okay like this has happened before and the book is so weird and unsettling and freaky and like interesting in a way that is so unlike and I had to be fair, I haven't read a ton of suspense or mystery, but yeah. this book was just really odd and like uh interesting. And so I was a little bit let down almost by the fact that it sort of became this like gotcha thing at the end. Um, but it doesn't discount like the rest of what the book did. Mm -hmm. Uh but I just wanted to say that in the book it was very clear, and I think in the movie, like, it's not even totally clear. And I guess if I rewatched it, it might become more clear. And I did watch, like, and we can link to a couple of the YouTube explainer videos that Emily sent us. Um, I, I watched one of those that kind of explained how you can tell that he intentionally froze to death, sort of. But... I, it was unclear to me if he even killed himself. Like, yeah. it was unclear to me if – and, like, how he died. Because you see this this car covered in snow, but I'm like, is that their car or his car? Because there mm -hmm. were two cars. Um, and, and, like, at the end, you know, you don't know as a person watching the movie. Like, obviously, I read the book and I knew there's really only one car because his car isn't there. But, you know, watching the movie, it's like – you know, they disappear into the school, this whole ending scene happens, and then the car is in the snow, and it's like, well, is that their car or his car? I don't know that there's not two cars. I don't know whose car that is. And also, is he dead, and did he do it on purpose? And, like, can you freeze to death on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> so, right after, when the end credits started, I was like, I need to Google some things. 
because I'm confused. <laughs> so I did. I did the and same thing, Susan. I was like, oh, I need to immediately do some Googling. Excuse me. And like one of the first <laughs> little things that I read about the ending was like, and at the end of the credits, you hear the sound of an engine turning over. And I was like, whoa, what? what? So then we went back and waited till the end of the credits and you do hear like a car starting. And so I'm like, okay, so did he die or did he like take a nap and wake up and like start the car again <laughs> and decide to live? Like he found the will to He had to a live. little hy- hypothermia nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or was that like another car that wasn't in frame? Like I- – don't know, like where what that sound was supposed to be. If it was supposed to be like from that car or something else, but that that's when I got even more confused. So, and that's when I texted all of you and said, "I am confused. Help me." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I watched it with Justine because Emily had said, "Oh, I felt like." Because I read the book, I felt like I knew what was going to happen. Like, it was more obvious to me. So I'm curious if it wouldn't have been obvious. And so I watched it with Justine. And, like, as soon as the credits rolled, she, like, looked at me. And she was like, what happened to them? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's how I would have felt, too, if I hadn't read it. Truly, so I watched it with Todd. Neither of us had read the book. I read, like, two chapters of the book or something. I don't know. Like, I didn't get very far. And... Uh, we finished the movie. First of all, there was a point where Todd paused it so he could feed the cats. And he said, there's an hour left of this. And I screamed. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was already so confused. It it helped me that Mary also was having those feelings, though. Because when I told everyone I was confused, Emily said what? we just talked about which was like well i didn't think it was confusing but i've also read it <laughs> but yeah very texted me so. separately and i was like yeah oh, and i was like no i'm also very i did say like i didn't think it was confusing but i read the book first yeah i like i just want to state for the record i'm not saying that this wouldn't be confusing to oh no i know exactly what you're saying hadn't. i'm just saying it, it helped that there was another non-book reader who was also yeah like, hey, i did not what know is it? what was going on and then in the yeah. end, I was just like, well, like I was well, angry. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess it's over. Well, this like, was a I film was so that I watched. Furious. And the thing is, is like, I love Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think it's a movie you've got to watch at a certain point in your life, because if you were like a day over 21, it's not good anymore. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree. know if that's true. I, I hard I, disagree with that. I I love I, okay, everything I maybe, remember. That might be about harsh. That. It might, but you know, I also like, went I to feel... see it with my dad, and he loves that movie. And he was definitely over. Yeah, my dad is on. I guess my dad is a huge fan of that movie. Like, too. I'm just funny. thinking about it. That's a little harsh. That was unfair. But I think you know, I'm just thinking of like. <laughs> I saw it when I was, like, a freshman in college, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this speaks to me. Like, this movie was made for me. Like, I just yeah, felt I this definitely- intense reaction to it. And now, like, being older, I'm like, oh, Clementine wasn't a healthy person to, like, idealize. I think the movie knows that. Yeah, though. I don't think the I movie's think trying to idealize Clementine. I'm thinking of ending things felt like continuations on a theme of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind 
Like, it felt like Charlie Kaufman was like, you know what was really popular of mine? Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> get a little bit but of that. It's interesting because that magic back. There were there were a lot of echoes of Eternal Sunshine, but there's also a lot of echoes of adaptation and yeah. of Synecdoche, um, Synecdoche New, York. New York, which yeah, I but fucking you know, hate that movie. But you know, I, I like that seen movie. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I really, those, so I, I just, I just want to put this out on the table. Um, because I think this explains my, um, appreciation for Synecdoche, New York. Um, I like movies that make me want to kill myself. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And Synecdoche, New York made me feel awful after, I felt awful after I watched that. In the I best could not way. sleep after I watched that movie. Like, normally movies that aren't horror movies don't make me unable to sleep. But that's how that movie made me feel. I, it was yeah, so I upsetting. Think, to me, that's like a glowing review of a movie. Is like, I was so upset I couldn't sleep. But the thing is, like, I feel like that movie, on top of being... Because it's one thing to be upsetting. It could still be good. But to me, that movie also is just, like, a series of vignettes that, like, don't add up to anything other than being about, like, life is bad. Uh, and I'm like, you can't just that. make a movie about how life is bad. Like... You have to be more specific. I feel like that movie is just well, so. I mean, like it's can, one of the. It reminds me of Tree of Life, in okay. which it's like this is a movie about everything, <laughs> and it's like no, you can't do that. All right, Kelly, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do our point and counterpoint blog about Synecdoche, New York, because I think it's saying more than that. But like, we don't have time to get into all of that right now. But I definitely want to have that conversation with you. However, I absolutely 100% agree with you about Tree of Life. That movie is a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> I know that we agree about that, which is why I brought it up. To kind of I hate that movie so much. Like, you, you, when you start a movie with dinosaurs, no. Yeah. What, what was Too happening? Much. Too, Too much. You can't. Too you can't many do things. It. Too many I things. Just, I guess when I finished I'm Thinking of Ending Things, I just thought... What was the point of that? Yeah. Like, I did not enjoy the experience. In a way that made me really sad because I love Eternal Sunshine so much. And I thought, oh, we're, maybe we're playing with similar themes here of, like, memory or imagination. And, like, I guess we are. But I, I didn't... Didn't work for me. And I think it was because Charlie Kaufman was, like, trying to do something different, it sounds like, from what the book did. And try to, like, translate it in a different way for film, which I appreciate that effort. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it worked for me. Yeah. To that's, me... That's fair. I think, like, speaking of Charlie Kaufman trying to make it different and the whole, like, if we're looking at the theme of a lot of Charlie Kaufman's work, um, and I don't think this is true of Eternal Sunshine because I think Eternal Sunshine is a very hopeful, optimistic movie. Yeah. Um... But most of his work is not. Most of his work is really fucking depressing. Um, and I think he really um, amped that up a lot from what the book is. Because I don't think the book is as depressing as this movie is. I think the book is more focused on that feeling of dread and fear and yeah. suspense. Um, I think the book, de- I mean, the movie definitely has like, a sense of feeling of dread, but, um, what that ends up translating into is more like, a um, 
this like sense that life is pretty pointless and meaningless and there's more of a focus on the psyche of someone who is going to like commit suicide. Yeah. I um, mean it it makes sense to have this feeling of dread. If we think about it as this is Jake as old janitor looking back on his life and thinking like what could a woman I was with be like? What would, you know, like what would that be like to have a girlfriend who was like smart and funny and whatever like he's kind of like creating this dream scenario for himself and there would be a feeling of dread because this whole time he's like thinking about killing himself right so like the dread makes Mm -hmm. sense but then if we are not to like really get a clear answer to that and in the ending what was that dread for so I'm just going to throw this out there as a potential other reading of this um, because I think we get hints throughout that. And this is why I was like, I don't want to say this is a dream moment because I think that it's doing something different. Um, We get hints throughout that this isn't just like some imaginary ideal woman. This is actually like him. He's imagining like a different side of himself. Mm. Um, one of the ways that we see that very clearly is like, she looks at a picture on the wall and she's like, who, what is this? And he's like, it's a picture of me. And she's like, no, that's a picture of me. Um, all of the things that she's interested in, all of the things that she talks about are really things that he's interested in and talks about. And, um, I know I mentioned this to you earlier, Mary, but I don't think I said it. Here, I might have because I'm going insane right now from lack of sleep. Um, but that whole scene at the beginning where they're talking to each other in the car, they kept um, speaking over each other in a way that suggested that they knew what the other person was going to say before they said it. Mm-hmm. And as I was watching that, like having having read the book, watching that, I kept thinking like, well, it's clear this is him talking to himself. Um so to me, the the Jake character and the woman character were like two sides of himself. Um, more than it was like, what would a dream woman be like? It was more like a sort of like a side of himself. Like it, it was like another way for him to like debate and look at should he kill himself or should he not kill himself? Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really think of it that way, but I think it's a good (laughs) reading. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it also speaks to the title. I'm thinking of ending things because she's debating whether or not she's going to leave him. Uh And she, if she is him, that also has a double meaning of like, I'm thinking of killing myself. Yeah. 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 And like, I, what I also think is really interesting is that he just, you know, he's writing it from the perspective of a person that he's with, of a person in a relationship with him, but it's obviously not his fantasy because the whole time she's thinking about how she's going to break up with him. Yeah, I mean, I guess my thought of, like, dream girl isn't so much, like, girl of my dreams who's perfect, but more just, like, imaginary. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's also interesting because she does exist, this person who... He is basing her on right. because he met her once, and it's uh, in the in the book. 
uh, is pretty much the same as the movie where they meet at a bar, they have this conversation, he thinks about how he wants to give her his number, and in the book he, like, slips his number into her purse, and she gets home and finds his number, and then she texts him. Um, and in the movie he, he, get, he says, like, can I get can I get your number or whatever. And all of that happened, and they had the whole conversation, but they never exchanged numbers. So it's like he has an idea of what she looks like. He has an idea of what her personality is a little bit from talking to her. Maybe she mentioned what she does. So, But then he takes all of these things. And what, and what I really liked about the – because in a way, I'm like, oh, it was lame that he wrote the whole book and then that's the book that he wrote. But also, it's kind of – I, I kind of am sad that that wasn't included in the movie because I think that a lot of the things that the movie is doing as far as the way that it's changing stuff is kind of reflective of, like, the writing process. Like, he yeah. changes her name three times. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know... And her he, job. keeps changing what she... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, her job. He keeps changing what she does and what her interests are. You know, these little these little moments it'll they'll say something and that doesn't connect or like oh you know you said this one thing about the way that we met but that but you actually said this other thing and it's like these like plot threads that still have to be cleaned up but he hasn't like gone back and edited sort of thing mm-hmm. um and also kind of the the thing that really stuck out to me and obviously it's explained that oh it's because of dementia but when she goes upstairs and there's a sign on his door that says Jake's childhood bedroom and it's like <laughs> It's like, oh, now we're going to have a scene in Jake's childhood bedroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it turns out that it's because they have signs everything everywhere for everything because of the dad. But I thought that was really funny as like yeah. a like look behind the scenes of, you know, how someone would be writing something. Because I was thinking of it in, in those terms, watching it, not aware that they weren't going to like do that whole he wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that video, the one of the videos you sent, Emily, is the first one, um, where she, the person in the video, watched the movie and then immediately listened to the audiobook and said, like, her conclusion is basically that, like, she would have been better off book first. Yeah. Um, and that mm-hmm. the movie is more like, I can't remember the exact word she used, but basically like an ode to the book more than... Mm-hmm a straight, like, standalone movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm beginning to feel like that (laughs) also. Yeah, like, it seems like the movie is more, like, exploring similar themes to the book. But I think the book sounds like it gives you a lot of context that could be useful when watching the movie yeah yeah because i think i would have appreciated it more if i just knew a little bit about what was going on because it's hard to like concentrate on some of these conversations when i was just like i don't know what the point of this is like is this building to something i don't know if i knew if i knew it was maybe it would have yeah Well, I think this could, if you were, if you were a person who hadn't read the book and were interested in understanding the movie without reading the book, you know, maybe 
like a second viewing would probably be helpful, I'm sure, because I think that there are a lot of things that happen in these conversations and there is context provided. But again, it's in these long conversations. There's a lot of mumbling. Yeah. Like it's hard to understand. I don't, I don't what do well they're with even mumbling. saying half the time. Interesting that you said <laughs> a second viewing, Kelly, because earlier I watched this with Justin and, um, yeah, he was, like, so what are you going to say about it tonight? And I was like, I don't know. I'm probably going to sound dumb because I'm going to be like, no, <laughs> TBH, I didn't get most of it. Um, <laughs> and he was like, well, you know some stuff. And I was like, yeah, the stuff that we Googled when we were done watching it. And he was like, well, I bet if you watched it a second time, it would probably all be like, really no, clear. Justin. And I said, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. I don't want to watch it again. Like, <laughs> this is not a two-timer movie for me. I saw it. And I seen it. Yeah. Now we done. <laughs> yeah. Need I remind you, I screamed when Todd said we have an hour. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, if you if you enjoyed it or thought it was, like, interesting and you wanted to watch it a second right. time. Is but I, my problem is I don't think should. I enjoyed it enough to watch it a second yeah. time. Although, I will say, yeah. almost, like, up until they get to the high school, like, I really did love what was happening like that it it felt a lot like hereditary and kind of had like those types of vibes and um just where like something's off or you don't know who to trust like is her perspective really one you can hang on to like what why are things changing and i i was thinking we were going down like more of a psychological like horror type route like that's what the trailer looks like too Mm -hmm. i think um Mm -hmm. so well, and that's how the book feels while you're reading it, well, and, too. Yeah, like, when I was reading some stuff about the book, like, a lot of people describe it as, like, a horror, like, a psychological horror book. And I'm like, oh, I think I would like those vibes more, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I might still I read think, it, but I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> I think um, the movie could benefit from some additions that Emily always brings up, a ghost or a murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically there was a murder technically well technically there was the a self. ghost and a murder because the, the dog was a ghost the dog was, was a ghost oh, yeah, true but i so. uh, i don't feel weird about ghost dogs you know well maybe you should that dog was shaking a lot <laughs> was shaking his head a lot i was like he must be real damp well those were some of the most <laughs> yeah. interesting moments because it was like you could tell that yeah. the reality was not, like, quite Something's right. weird. If, a, if one of my dogs yeah. just did that and continually was shaking, I would think he was having a seizure. Like, yeah. or I would be like, has my brain short-circuited and now I can only see this dog shaking. Yeah, because it. It, <laughs> like, it seems like more than the dog just kept shaking, it seemed like a glitch almost, like something, like an image yeah. was just playing over and over again, and it felt really yeah. wrong, but I couldn't determine why. Yeah, and it felt wrong the way that it felt, like, to me... Like, the scariest moment in the movie is when she looks at the photo on the wall, and it looks like a little girl, probably, and then she's like, who's that? And then it shows the photo again, and it's not, it's a different person in the photo. And it's just, like, creepy stuff like that, where it's, like, this split second where you know it was wrong, and you're like, I could rewind and check, but I'm, like, scared. 
<laughs> and there's like st- the stuff in the book that's like that is like she describes as a child she wakes she woke up one night in the middle of the night and there's a window in her bedroom and she looks out the window and there's a man standing outside of her bedroom and uh-uh. she can't see his face he's standing really close to the window and she can only see like his like chest and like his legs and his belt and he's just standing there and she's like staring at it and then he waves and like when i heard that i was like no <laughs> like that is so creepy and like that and that's all that she says about that part and but like and then the way that it describes the voice on her voicemails is like it's like it's clearly a middle-aged man's voice but it's like weirdly high and kind of raspy uh. mhm and it's yeah, just like I cannot so much stress of, enough how creepy those phone calls are in the book. Like they're very creepy. They're so creepy. So yeah. I I would recommend the book yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so another thing we kind of talked about already why the main character is a made up person, so I'm gonna just skip over that. Um, because we're gonna cover that. Um but another thing that this movie adds that I mean, I don't really remember this as much, especially these specific pop culture references. The movie adds a lot of pop pop culture and, um, like, movie references and things like that. Um, A lot of them went over my head. Um, How did you guys, or, like, what did you guys think the purpose of those specific pop culture moments were? Um, And, like, what, what are they doing? Um, I mean, I can say what I think they were doing for the movie, but then I could also say what I think Charlie Kaufman was doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think in the movie, it does provide a a moment for us to realize a little earlier that the janitor is Jake, or yeah. like that the janitor is sort of the... That someone else is constructing the story because we have like the young woman reciting this poem in the car and she's like, yeah, this is my poem. I'm so embarrassed to perform it for you. I'm shy. (laughs) And then she performs it and it's like this intense poem. And we've and later like Jake picks up a I think it's Jake picks up a book and it's like the book of poetry that this poem is from. And he looks at the poem inside. Well, she picks, she it, picks up, it up. She she looks at the poem inside and she's like reading it, and it's like clearly the poem yes. that she recited earlier. But it was in like, Jake's well, bedroom. Like, that it she was in it his up. bedroom. Yeah. So she like sees that book in his bedroom. She sees paintings that were like the paintings that she said were hers in his bedroom. Like all of this stuff that was attributed to her is actually stitched together from different things Jake has read or seen or interacted with in some way. So that's like a hint. Something's up. (laughs) And that maybe she isn't her own person to some extent. Or like, like something's going on with the narrative here. But it didn't feel that way. Like, give me, give me a five to ten minute rant about an extraordinary woman and I'm gonna feel like it's Charlie Kaufman trying to prove something. Like, <laughs> look, guys, I know smart things. <laughs> I know obscure pop well, yes. culture. Yeah, like the part where in the car she's sort of like 
she like briefly becomes like a film critic yeah and she's like talking it's and it's apparently from an essay by yes. a film critic about um what's the movie called oh a woman under the oh, a woman under the influence. yeah yeah um which is a movie about a woman who is like suffering from like psychiatric problems in a time when that was like not yeah dealt with well at all not that it is now either but <laughs> especially poorly dealt with and mm-hmm. she's supposed she's like a housewife and uh you know yeah. it's and so she like is like suddenly like chain smoking cigarettes in the car and like putting on this kind of like old timey like that sort of um transatlantic sort of transatlantic yeah accent of you know the i guess like 70s or whatever and um it's like you can tell that something weird is happening and even in that scene briefly like a different actress plays her uh in the car <laughs> and i don't know i mean i think that it's definitely true that we relate to other people based on pop culture a lot. I mean, here we are recording a podcast with each other about <laughs> pop culture. Like, I think yeah. that, um, you know, talking about about books and movies and all this kind of stuff, like, a lot of it makes up, you know, like, significant parts of our personalities yeah. and how we um, self-identify. And he's sort of taking these pieces of things that are important to him and, like, putting them into this character that he's created. I mean, I guess the reason it felt pretentious to me is the types of things. It's not just, like, (laughs) a poem. It's, like, I don't know, Susan, had you ever heard this poem? No. It felt kind of obscure. I mean, I don't know all the poems either. No, I mean, I know. If it wasn't obscure, it would be too obvious, like... I guess, and I don't think that, I don't think yeah. all the references were obscure. Like Oklahoma is not obscure. No, I Oklahoma just don't know is it not obscure because I'm just not like as much as I love musicals. This is just not my like kind of musical. I don't feel like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'd love is it. Is Oklahoma okay? Here's the thing about Oklahoma is that this year there has been. Or, like, in the past two years, I guess, there has been, like, the reboot of, like, Sexy Oklahoma on Broadway. Oklahoma was heavily featured on HBO's Watchmen. And now it's in this movie. Like, how much Oklahoma... Oklahoma's having a good time recently. And why? Oklahoma is the only person having a good time right now. The revival of Oklahoma's a person. That was on Broadway, which the actress who plays the main character, I don't know. I don't know anything about Oklahoma either. Um... I mean, I know some stuff about it, but not enough. Like the the one of the main characters was played by a woman who uses a wheelchair, so like that was a big deal right. because like a disabled actress winning a Tony, it was just a super big deal because you don't see right, that right. kind of casting a lot. And she is also awesome and like just insane vocals. So like that was really exciting. And it and it also like in Watchmen it's being used as like it's not just Oklahoma it's like Black Oklahoma, right, right, right. So like I and it's and in Watchmen it's interesting because you're taking this traditionally very white musical, yeah, and making it an all black cast. So like 
you know, disabled people being represented, sort of like reimagining Oklahoma as an all-black cast, like, those are sort of interesting to me. But then just Oklahoma traditional, out of nowhere, I was like, I mean, I'm enjoying this because I always enjoy a song and dance number. (laughs) But... But did I enjoy the long section of him singing and then giving his monologue from that that other movie? The entire time yeah. that was happening, I just kept looking over at Todd like, what? What is going on? It was just so, like, I, so I always, like, am a, am a little bit hesitant to, like, to call things pretentious because I'm, like, I only, I'm always, like, it sounds pretentious to say that something's pretentious. Sure. Because, you know, but, like. I will I will admit that that last section when they're doing Oklahoma and then a beautiful mind monologue and then everyone in the crowd is wearing old people makeup was just like it was just too much. You're doing the most Charlie Kaufman. You need to <laughs> So that was the point where it. my brain like stopped being able to take Stop. in all the different things that were happening because at that point it just got annoying. Well, I was like I had I was on the road to pure confusion, and then that section came about, and I just kept looking over at Justin, like, "Are we gonna make eye contact about this?" Or no? Okay, he's just he's still watching it. Maybe he gets it. And I'm like, "Does he get it?" <laughs> I guess he does. Yeah, Ben had to tell me that that was from a beautiful mind because I definitely did not. Oh, my Google search told me that, I guess, that afterwards. To be fair yeah. to Justin, he's been very sick recently, so maybe the fever <laughs> opened like, his mind. Perfect yeah. To, like, to me. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it had like ayahuasca type effects where he just like yeah. he's on another plane <laughs> and he totally gets it. Um, but yeah, I kept just being like, "Hey, um, no, okay, all right, he's on board still, I guess." Todd just kept saying, like, is Jesse Plemons singing? Is this Jesse Plemons singing? (laughs) Yeah, I was also wondering that. I was like, it kind of sounds like his voice. It might be him. Well, then Um, I had, because that old people makeup is so obvious, and it's, like, obvious on purpose. Yeah. I I had a long moment with myself about that and, like, why that's (laughs) happening, because there has to be a reason and I was like, I don't know the reason. Because he was watching the theater this, department a lot. And so it was supposed to be like high school theater makeup. Yeah. It was like a high school theater mm. production. But. Well, like, I feel like they, like, you already got that whole thing down when you have the, like, dream ballet sequence, which was beautiful and amazing. And I loved that part. So, like, why do we need this other part? It's like. <laughs> I didn't. At a certain I didn't know point, that. literally, I, I felt like I. Why about the old man makeup? And then that was my answer for that. I don't know why. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I just don't know what. Like, it was just too much, and I literally felt like I was like at a museum watching like bad performance art, where you like feel trapped in a room where someone's doing a weird thing, and you're like, oh, I guess it's art. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have to stand here oh, and watch. I like, can I art. sneak behind this group of people <laughs> and like? You know, can I get out of here? I'm I'm bored and I don't know how long this is going to go on for. <laughs> you know? That was how I felt. Um having despite the fact that I enjoyed or sort of enjoyed the rest of the movie, the, the ending to me just was like off the rails mm. in a bad way. Yeah. 
I'm going to second okay. that. Also the pig. Why? The, um, the animated pig. I was kind of into the animated pig. I was like, well, yeah, we're fully, <laughs> like, he is fully having a mental Mary's breakdown. The one thing I did like was yeah. the animated Well, I mean, it was, it, it was the pig from earlier in the movie. Well, with yeah. The well yeah, I know. The maggots maggot. falling out of it. But, like, I... D- I did it was just like weird. I did watch it like I saw the pig and I was like, oh, an animated pig. And then I remembered it was full of maggots. And I was just like, well, I gotta look off. <laughs> Waiting for the other maggot to drop. I gotta look off know? into the distance. I can't look at this. If the pig is crawling <laughs> with him, I got I can't look at it. Mm. Um Alright. Well, there's one really important thing we haven't talked about that we gotta talk about. Um, acting. Acting. The acting. Because for me, Tony Collette mm. was so good. I just really, I can really see why they made that dinner scene into a much longer part of the movie than it is yes. in the book because they were like, we got to give Tony Collette time to shine. Yeah. She's and very, she's always amazing. Like, she's so good. I thought the chemistry between Tony Collette and David Thewlis was also very good. I thought they played off of each other really well. And so, like, mm-hmm. I know y'all are saying that you did not enjoy this movie very much. But for yes. me, like, the, the acting, everybody in this movie was great. And, like, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And so I just want to, like, take a moment to appreciate. I don't know if I have anything good to say about it other than that. Like, I didn't enjoy it, but I always enjoyed Tony Collette. <laughs> she was not part of that. Kind complaint. of what you texted me when you were, we were talking about. Yeah, confused. I was texting Susan. I You're was like, like I'm I mean, so I like Tony confused. Collette. <laughs> What's happening? Tony Collette, though. <laughs> I'm but I'm also confused. I mean, I always like Jesse Plemons. He's a very good actor. He's yeah. always very good. It's a little He's too mumbly good. for me. A little too mumbly. Well, I was um, more Isn't about his Jesse fault? Buckley than anybody else in this, actually. Like, I think she, she was, was really great, good. too. Yeah. And I think that's why I enjoyed the first part of the movie so much, because I was really, like, latched on to her. And, mm-hmm. like, I thought she was, like, one of those actors where, like, you can't look away from them. Like, they're they're the one that you're focused on. Even when Tony Collette, yeah. I guess I just don't like her as much as you guys. I mean, I like her, but, Oof. like, I don't have this, like, really strong feelings about her. <laughs> so, like, well, for me, like, even when Tony Collette out. was on screen, like, I was, like, about Jesse Buckley. I didn't know anything about Jesse Buckley. I have not watched Chernobyl yet. Um... I think it would make me too sad right now. But she's <laughs> too real. <laughs> she's also in that movie called Wild Rose that yeah, came out. And I have not either. seen it, but I should watch it. But I heard it's really good, and I've heard that she's, like, incredible in it. But the entire movie, she talked out of the side of her mouth. Yeah. And it was driving me insane. Like, I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't stop looking at it. And I didn't notice it at all. So you know... 
I didn't either. See, the thing is, like, I do that, so I can't be that mad. No. If you ever see a... Maybe that's why I didn't notice it. Maybe because I do it. If you ever see a photo of me while I'm talking that was taken while talking, my mouth will always be like this. But it's almost like (laughs) it affected the way she spoke in a way that really bothered me. Like, I don't know if you've seen... There's, like, this guy on TikTok who does videos where he's speaking in cursive. What? Where he says, like, can I order a coffee in cursive? <laughs> and I, like, go up to the driver and he's like, one iced coffee, please. <laughs> like, she talks in this bizarre way. And the whole time she was talking, I was like, this is it. She's, like, one second from getting into cursive. Well, I do think she's Irish, so... Yeah, Todd was like, maybe she couldn't maybe hold the why. accent if she didn't talk that way. And I was like, I don't care! It's like how Margot Robbie's American accent always kind of sounds like she's, like, like from New York yeah. or something. <laughs> um, I didn't notice any of well, that. I have <laughs> that no was complaints about the acting whatever, whatsoever. I thought everyone was great. So I thought she was great, yeah. I thought everyone was great. A A plus that janitor, for the though. That janitor was great. Oscar. 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 <laughs> that jan- I feel okay. I'm gonna look up his name because I feel like. Um, I want to say it was like a- Gus something. All right. Who hold voiced up. the pig? That's what I would like to know. All right. I'm going to the IMDb. Leave all of this shit in. <laughs> all right. I will. Don't <laughs> worry. All right. I am the reached the point in the episode where I've stopped cutting. Stuff <laughs> off, so. Can I guess what his name is? If you wanted something cut, you should Go have said it earlier. It. That's in the first. I think hour. it's. I think it's Gus Boyd. <laughs> I think it is no, something Boyd. It's Guy Boyd. Close. Oh, so you close. Were okay. You were off by one letter. one letter. One letter. I was reading something earlier and it had his name in it, and I thought weird, weirdly normal. Name. You know what? And I'm, I'm looking at this cast list. I can't believe we didn't even talk about the Tulsi Town girls. Great acting on their part. Amazing job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just um, great. I am shocked that the name Guy is a name. Yeah. To this day. Every time I hear that the name Guy is a name, I'm like, that's not a name. Like, why would you it name is. your child that? Yeah. I saw that on a list, Guy. like, last week of, like... Cool Jewish baby names. Oh, no. And I was like, this is Jewish? <laughs> it seems just like, hey, guy. Yeah. Like, what, also on the list I guess were that probably dude, guy bro. was a name before that <laughs> word was used to mean guy. Like, guy. Yeah. But it's apparently from, from Someone, right something in. in Hebrew that I'm sure means something. It probably just means man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, this has been name, men's names corner. <laughs> Jewish um, men's names corner. <laughs> yeah. It's a real specific corner. Also, yes. speaking of the the ice cream place, in the book it was a Dairy Queen, which yeah, uh, made it scarier somehow because it was, like, real. Yeah. And also, um, the... So, like, there's the part where the girl who is who has the rash on her arms and stuff, and she's giving her the ice cream, and she says, I'm I'm scared, I'm worried. And then she's like, what, why? And then 
they it goes so fast in the movie where she says like I'm worried I'm scared for you. Mm-hmm. In the book like that was like very scary to me, but in the movie they brush over it so quickly that I It was, was like, still yeah. creepy. Oh, that could have been creepier. Okay. And yeah. who see I still have questions about who those people were if they um I assume that they were people from the high school that he like knew. I and- think they were yeah. Students. Okay. Okay. Now, why the oh, the rash the thi- thing? Yeah, I'm why the rash sure. and why the thing about like it's like the smell that you smell is not varnish. Like those cryptic comments. Also, did you notice that when she hands the stuff over, Jake has the rash? Yeah. Also. Yeah. So I guess maybe he had that and he put it onto someone else. I don't know. Hmm. Things to think about. If you know the so answer, many questions in, unanswered. let us know. Let us know what you think of the rash. The rash was really bothering me. Mm-hmm. I want rash answers. Yeah. And I still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want to note that Emily's fifth talking point uh, in the doc says acting stuff about acting lol yeah and i think we, we nailed we it i mean we, we've done it just to look it. behind the scenes for well, everybody pretty sure we nailed it we did it um yep so that was all i had any anything else that we didn't talk about that y'all guys y'all y'all guys want to talk about no nope. i do feel better talking think. about this movie feel like I didn't hallucinate it on my own now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I feel. I wonder how I would have felt about it if I hadn't read the book, but that is something that I'll never know. You'll never know. And I kind of wondered the same thing. But, you know, like, I watched it with Ben, and he hadn't read the book, and he enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it, but I feel like I was the only one who did. But that's okay. That's okay. I enjoyed enjoyed most of it. I I can't lie. Yeah, about there were just there were things about it that were things about it I didn't yeah. like. Yeah, but I definitely enjoyed it more than say Synecdoche, New York, the worst <laughs> yeah. movie of all time. That is not the worst movie of all time for two reasons. Number one, no, we're not getting into this. Mostly because I don't one, know about it. And I don't Tree want of it. Life music. is a movie, so there's that. Number two, being John Malkovich. Is the worst. Charlie I like Kaufman being John movie. Malkovich. That movie fucking sucks, Kelly. It fucking sucks. I like that movie. I haven't I seen like any movie. of those. <laughs> just but if they're that. like Mary, did you this, what? What? I don't you know that what? I will. Mary typed Synecdoche New York blog post with Emily and Kelly <laughs> into the blog section. All right, I'm you down. You know what? That's not going to happen because that would mean that I would have to watch that movie again, and I would like to. I sleep. called not it on whoever has to read so. through it to proofread it. Wow, <laughs> I'll read it because that's it's just going to be I'm a just fight. Kidding. It's going to be like a nasty fight. fight. I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like if Emily and I tried to do an inside Lou and Davis blog post. I don't know. That wouldn't be very good because the only thing I would say is the cat dies and I cannot. I've never been able to watch it because of that. Yeah. It's not – oh, my God. The cat doesn't even die, first of all. Okay. There's no there's no dead cat. Mm-hmm. 
Is it suggested in the movie. that the cat might die? It is definitely suggested. It's suggested, have, but also heavily. the cat shows up again later. No, cat dies. I like a heavy suggestion. For the record. It's my favorite type. <laughs> okay, well, that was uh, that, right? We're good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we did it. If you have any questions or answers or about heavy suggestions, if you're Charlie Hoffman and you want to write in, yes, please write in. Let us know. Yeah, I mean, he definitely listened to this. I really hope somebody writes in because we don't have any feedback for our last episode. And I know that's shocking because everybody ran out and watched The Secret Garden. The Secret Garden. <laughs> Susan, do you have any feedback for The Secret Garden since you weren't able to oh join? Oh my gosh. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so I was I was already annoyed that I like had to pay to watch it because I didn't want to watch it in the first <laughs> yeah. place. So then I paid to watch it and got too sick to record about it. And I was like... <laughs> Man, this is what I get for being a bitch. Um, Karma. But, yeah, I mean, overall, my main takeaway was I did not care for it. Um, But I would like to point out that the external shots of Misselthwaite are where I lived when I studied abroad. That is a manor house Mm -hmm. in England. Um, That's also in a couple other movies. It's in The Haunting. um, I don't know about any of the interior stuff, but it shows it a lot. And I was like, hey, that's I mean, cool. It was but I mean, that's it. That's the only thing I liked. So <laughs> you were like, oh, I've been there. But we y'all did talk about the um, that 90s movie. Mm. And much like the 90s Little Women, I did watch that quite a bit and really yes. liked that. It was yeah. not bad. I don't know if it would hold up now because no i don't I feel like either. it's gonna be better than this one was it's gotta be yes. better than this one was yeah i did not it's not a, it's not a high bar i thought the kid who played um colin i mean i hate to talk shit about a child but like do it <laughs> i was just like this kid's like a really bad actor right i don't know <laughs> like poor colin first what are you doing here? <laughs> the end. I know. He's like, I'll be daddy. on set for one day. You will shoot all of my mm-hmm. scenes in one day. One. And I will be actually drunk for them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't want to interact with these children. So we're going to green screen this fire where I'll just act on a, on a green screen and then you can fill yeah. her in later. So I don't have to sit with her. <laughs> That's what I imagined. Um, yeah, so that's that's all the commentary you missed from me last time. Didn't like it. Have been there, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for this feedback, Susan. You're welcome. I should have emailed it. You should have, and then we would have had you read it for <laughs> so the... This is from Susan in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> um, One of our... Our biggest listeners. Yeah, one of our biggest fans. She's watched, I mean, she's listened to every episode. And read read along for every book and seen every movie. (laughs) 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 Even when she had to pay for it. And she didn't want to, but she did it anyway. I I was telling Um, Justin about that because he was like, how was that movie? And I was like, 
You know what's bullshit? I didn't even get to talk about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't even get to like go complain about it, which is what I wanted to. I, know. I was like, I was really hoping it would be like a complain episode, and it yeah. was. But that I could be part of. Like as wow. I was watching it, I was like, "Ooh, I hope that we just light this on fire just while we're talking yeah. about it." Yeah. And we then did. I'm sure we'll have another chance. I didn't get to. Um, you just did, so yeah. It was a real that. Sherry Lapina of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Sherry Lapina's we- books do get made into movies sometime soon because it's 2020. I will love it. I will love. It seems like a if thing it gets that would made into a movie. I can tell you right now, we're going to watch it, and we're going to mm-hmm. cover it on the podcast. I feel like <laughs> nothing she's made is going to be made into a movie, though, because none of them are interesting enough for them to, like, like, it's just not going to be a It'll good be movie. like a and cash can you grab imagine movie. actual it's not be good. actors playing these characters who have, like, no well, personality? IMDb Whoa. says that The Couple Next Door is going to be made into a TV series. That's even worse. Oh, my God. Well, are you going to get more than one hour of content this out of that? This article was from 2018, so I don't know. They probably started trying to write the script and they were like, oh, wait, we can't. Yeah, I don't know how they're getting content out of that either, because the book itself should have been pamphlet length at best. Really, it should have just yeah, been like some story. anecdote that someone told. <laughs> like, remember that time that couple went next door? That's, that's it. That's also the story. in 2018, Sherry Lapina made the announcement on her Facebook, and some of the comments on the Facebook post. <laughs> oh my god, them. please of share. Of course it was on her Facebook. One of the best books I read. Good news about series. Ugh. No. Bad news. One of the worst books I've read, bad news about The series. title sounds, yeah. quote, interesting. Why is it in quotes? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, some studio thinks they can Gone Girl this, and they're going to try. And it's going to be bad. And they're going to stick someone in it uh-huh. who totally didn't need to do this. Like Jennifer Goodwin. Like, I can see that happening to her. And, yeah. and we'll all be like, oh, she needs she honey, needs the work. Jennifer Goodwin, no, you don't. You don't need this kind of work. Don't <laughs> do needs it. The work. <laughs> okay, what we have done totally. Since he's just not that into you. We've totally gone off the rails. Um, let's reel it back in and talk about this blog. <laughs> what what's on it? <laughs> well, a bunch what's of shit it? I wrote. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. First of all, let's just start there. Not a lot that I wrote. Okay. Well, let me, I'll just start with my thing. Spooktober is going strong. Too spooked, too spooked, too tober. Also, by now, my horror book series will be up. I've had a lot going on, y'all. It's coming. Um, but I'm reading a couple of books for it right now. A couple of books for it. You heard me. More than one. Anyway, yes, other books. YA Book Club came out finally. Why book club? Mary, is you out. Want to talk we about that. About, yeah, we talked about Dear Martin by Nick Stone. It's Nick Stone's debut novel. She's written more since then, but this is kind of the first book mm-hmm. she had. It's really popular in high schools with actual teens. Um, actual YA, live teens, actual YA, real life, and YA, the not sequel just fake ones. to. 
Dear Martin, Dear Justice is coming out at the end of September. So it's kind of a nice time to go back and revisit Dear Martin. And spoiler alert, I think Mary and I are probably going to read Dear Justice. Yeah, I pre-ordered it. I'm pretty excited. So we, so, you know, spoiler, you, we liked it. Maybe that'll make for a less interesting blog read though, to be honest, because it's more interesting when we hate the books. But Emily did point out though, there was a point. I do love the hating on YA. There's a point where I was like, this book was so great. I love it. And Emily's like, you did give it a three stars. I peeped, I peeped that three star rating on Goodreads. And I was like, I gave it four stars. Emily fact checked you. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, I did. I was like, it says here that you gave it uh, three stars. So would you I like to change, change your though. story? I changed. Let me consult my notes. <laughs> um, also, uh, speaking of great literature, I wrote a blog post with Todd where we talk <laughs> about Mr. Boop, the comic that strip by Alec Robbins. And as of mm-hmm. today, I don't really know what's going on in Mr. Boop anymore. Mr. Boop has broken the fourth wall. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Mr. Boop. Okay, Mr. Boop has done three books worth of comics about how Alec Robbins is married to his sexy wife, Betty Boop, and loves to have sex with her. Yes. And then devastatingly revealed that he is not, in real life, actually married to Betty Boop. Yes. Um, he revealed this on a talk show on Instagram Live. And everyone was devastated. But then a lot of people sent him videos saying that they forgive him. We forgive you, Mr. Except Boop. Except for Tim Robinson. You. Well, yeah. Who is a star and writer of another TV show that Todd and I have written about. I'm thinking of, or not I'm thinking of anything, so that's what we talked about today. <laughs> I think you should leave. <laughs> I think you should leave. Uh, and also of... Uh, Detroiters, yep. that show. Which I, I watched in um, 24 hours. It's very entertaining. He uh, he did not forgive Mr. No. Boop. Um, but anyway, the fourth and final installment of the Mr. Boop series has started today, where Alec Robbins is now illustrating himself as a more realistic character and talking about the aftermath of him lying to the internet that he was married to Betty Boop. So... Things are getting wild. It is strange. And we wrote about it. <laughs> it's a good post. I enjoyed it. I uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Yeah. I actually discovered Mr. Boop because I was on Twitter and I, for some reason, only saw the tweet where a- Alec Robbins tweeted, I am devastated to, re- to report that uh, Betty Boop and I have gotten divorced. Oh, no. I appreciate your... And I, like, faved it because I thought it was just, like, a funny tweet. And then someone else I follow replied, and they were like, I love that this tweet has gone viral and how many people don't actually know about Mr. Boop. And I was like, what's Mr. Boop? And then I went and I really fell into the rabbit hole. There's also a point point and click adventure game. (laughs) I Yeah, I kind of want to play it. You should. It (laughs) takes, like, five minutes to play. It's very good. Anyway, also on the blog... Um, Emily and I are continuing our um, girl and girl on girl on girl series, um, <laughs> Queer Book Club. <laughs> yeah. 
This time, we are talking about The Color Purple, which I had never read and did not know was queer until Emily mentioned it to me, and I was like, I have been meaning to read this anyway, so I guess I'll read it. I I did warn her that it's epistolary. I did warn her ahead of time. Yeah, which I usually hate, but you know what? Um, well, I won't spoil how I felt about the book. You'll just have to check it out. Hot take. The color purple is bad. Just kidding. Like, can you what even imagine? Fuck? Like, li- literally, no. Obviously, I liked it. Um, anyway. Uh, you can read us talking about that. It's funny, though, because I mentioned that I was re- I, I was reading it when I was in Florida, and everyone, like, my mom and her, her friend and her friend's husband, who we were staying with, were like, oh, like, oh, you're reading that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm reading it for this queer book club that my friend and I are doing. And they're like, there are lesbians in that? I just remember the movie. And I'm like, um, there are definitely lesbians in the movie? No, there are definitely lesbians in the movie. <laughs> like People just, like, forget lesbians. Like, yeah, they see it and they're like, I think that didn't happen. They're just like, those are just really good friends who like to yeah. snuggle very close. Intimate friends. Yeah, yeah. Or as they say in the Wheel of Time, pillow friends. Yeah. Wow. Pillow friends. Well, hot take. The Color Purple is a queer book. Mm-hmm. We're going to be hot talking take. about it. There's lesbian sex in The Color Purple. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it, right? For the blog? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Next time on Book Squad Goals. Or <laughs> next time. On book squad goals. I'm thinking of ending things. What, wait, what? What? You didn't, um, did you say something? What? Uh, I'm trying to talk about our next book, you guys. Oh. Please calm down. Our next book is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I am very excited. I have not started it, but I do have it. And I Same. will be starting it like, tomorrow. <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to wait another um, week. Yeah, we know. Uh, Who's leading this next other sode that we just decided on? Uh, Well, I just did this one, so someone else grabbed this next one. Okay, great. Susan, tell us about this next one. Well, I don't know anything about it right now. (laughs) The Haunting of Bly Manor is the second season of the anthology series that started with The Haunting of Hill House. I guess it's just The Haunting of Blank Blank? Yeah, like, I don't know what the name of the series is. The Haunting of Hill House was based on Shirley Jackson's novel of the same name, and The Haunting of Bly Manor is going to be based on The Turn of the Screw. The Turn of the Screw is having a moment the last couple years, too. It is. What was that movie we saw? Mary, when we talk about The Haunting of Bly Manor, we got to have a little tangent about that horrible movie we saw. I can't even remember the name of it. I just remember it was so bad. Well, Ruth Ware wrote a, I'll have to look it up. like a modern, modernized, like smart home version of this too. Ooh. Called the Turn of the Key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I have that book. I have all of her books. I, I read it. one of her books, but I have all of them. That's my imprint. Oh, there you go. Well, tell them thank you because they send me all of her books, and I will read them one day. But I'll tell I you which tell ones to read you. and which ones not. Okay, cool. Um. All right. Uh, Kelly, yeah. That's, oh, that's it's my turn for my thing. Do you yeah, think? I do. Yeah. Uh, We're thinking of ending things with this little blurb. Go. What? 
What? Nothing. What? Oh, we didn't say anything. What? Go. Um, okay. If you have any comments or questions or answers about I'm thinking of ending things, you can email us at the squad at booksquadgoals.com. Our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is at booksquadgoals, where you can also message us or like things that we posted or comment on them. Um, you can follow us on, well, I mean, I guess you'd be subscribing to us, not following us on any podcast app of your choice. And we would really appreciate it if you left us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that is the mother of podcast apps. And it is where all the other smaller podcast apps draw. It is the life source of podcasting. And that is truly where you must go to make a difference for us. I know it's hard. I know the interface is terrible. I know nobody actually uses it. I know everyone is cooler than that. But if you have a moment, please leave us a rating and review. I used to do a whole thing where I would, like, cry and beg. You yell. Sometimes you yell. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I got angry. You know, there are a lot of different emotions that I have about people not leaving us rating and review. But now I'm just asking you sincerely from the bottom of my heart without tears or theatrics – to leave us a rating and review. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Our website is booksbuckles.com, and there you can find our blog and all of our posts, including not a post about Synecdoche, New York, <laughs> by me and Emily. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I got. Yay! Happy birthday, Mary. Happy birthday, Mary. Ah, thank you. Yay. Glad we could talk about this movie you loved on your birthday. Yay.